Chapter 30 Her Name is Serena Beth and Serena stood staring at the wall for a moment, shocked at their discovery. What the hell did you just do? Serena asked. Beth got up from her chair and walked over to the wall. I punched in my birthday, she said. Serena shook her head and made a face. No shit? Come on, I have a feeling we're about to find out a lot more about my ex, Beth said. The wall on which the television hung was covered with tongue-and-groove cypress wood slats which were oriented vertically. Because of the slight spacing between the slats, the opening was completely hidden unless the remote control was activated. Beth ran her fingers behind the section of the concealed doorway wall, which protruded an inch from the rest of the wall, finding a slight depression and a button hidden behind the wooden slat. She pressed it and pulled it toward her, and the wall swung out easily. Find the lights, Beth said, as they stepped into the dark room hidden within the locker room. Serena felt the sides of each wall, quickly finding what she thought she was looking for and flipped the switch. Good God, Serena whispered. Beth stood, taking it all in, not knowing what to make of it. The room was small in comparison to the rest of the house, no more than 20 feet by 20 feet, lit only by a small desk lamp. The room was dark and heavily carpeted. A couch stood against one wall, and multiple video monitors were on another with a built-in desk unit beneath it. A notebook, calendar pad, and an assortment of pens were the only items on the desk. Notably absent was a traditional computer of any sort, just a wall full of monitors. Taken as a whole, everything would have been considered tech chic if not for the old beat-up dental chair in the middle of the room. What the hell is that? Does he clean teeth on the side? Serena asked. Beth didn't respond, but eyed it with intense curiosity. There was no question it was an old dental chair. However, the standard dental light that would have hovered above it wasn't a light at all. It looked more like a set of virtual reality goggles with integrated headphones. Serena looked at the setup and immediately concluded that Jack was a porn addict. What else would it be used for? Beth, on the other hand, came to no such conclusion as she studied the small rubber tube attached to the headrest of the chair. There was a loop and two small nozzles that appeared to fit in a person's nose. She followed the tubing under the carpet to a small cabinet where she found two gas containers, one nitrous oxide, the other isofluorine. Fuck, Beth said to herself. What is it? Serena asked. He's got everything set up to put himself under, Beth replied. Why the hell would he want to do that? Is it an addiction thing? Drug problem? Serena asked. I don't know, Beth said, looking more closely at a joystick attached to what looked to be a small control unit near the arm of the chair. She pressed the power button and the wall of televisions lit up. The screens were unusual, not tuned to television stations, but rather a list of feeds, 48 in all, with the ability to assign each feed 
to a unique channel. Beth scratched her head, her scalp tingling. The first feed was tuned to Greenleaf Pharmaceutical, the Canadian cannabis farm the organization used to launder money. The subsequent feeds were an assortment of other things, some from specific companies and others for industries as a whole. Down at the bottom, she saw a start icon, complete with a countdown timer. She looked at Serena as if to ask, should I? To which Serena nodded, yeah. Beth pressed the start button and heard a slight hissing sound coming from the rubber tubing. She saw a blood pressure monitor light flashing and realized there was a blood pressure cuff dangling from the side of the chair as well. The timer had begun to count down from 10 minutes. They both stood with glazed eyes watching the numbers click off, waiting for what would happen next. Ten minutes later, the timer hit zero. Lights began flashing from the goggles and what sounded like machine noise emanated from the headset. What the hell, Beth said, sliding into the reclining dentist chair and putting Jack's audio-visual contraption on her head. She could only tolerate a few seconds, yanking off the headset and shouting, Holy shit! What? Serena asked taken by surprise at how violently Beth had reacted. Take a look for yourself, Beth said. Serena approached the goggles, fully anticipating to see some sort of disgusting porn. She put the goggles and headset on, taking it off as quickly as Beth had. That's fucking torture, she said, looking at Beth. What the hell is he doing to himself, she asked in dismay. Beth sat down on the sofa behind them and considered the live feeds displayed on the wall of televisions. She could still hear the faint hiss of gas pouring out of the rubber tubing. Yeah, it would be torture if you're awake. If we'd have hooked ourselves up to the gas, then we'd have been out before the movie from hell started, Beth said. What the hell is all of that? Serena asked, rubbing her eyes. If I had to guess, the video and audio represents all of those feeds, Beth replied, pointing to the screens, all crammed into a single stream. For what purpose, Serena asked. I don't know exactly, however, I have a strong sense that sedation is necessary in order to tolerate it, Beth said, pointing to the headset. None of it made any sense, but at the same time opened up the possibility that Jack may have been telling the truth. Maybe there was no secret algorithm. Maybe the secret was staring her in the face in the form of a dental chair and a stream of information so intense that it could cause epileptic seizures unless sedated. She sat down at Jack's desk and asked Serena for a few moments of privacy for uninterrupted thought. Beth looked down at his desk pad calendar. The last entry was a note about the concert she and Jack were supposed to go to, a few days before a meeting at Greenleaf. Other than that, a collection of mundane meetings and notes to pick up dry cleaning. She looked at his notebook. She flipped through the pages and found the date that he had met her. It read, Running at the wind today. Met the most amazing woman. Gorgeous and smart. 
What the fuck do I do? Beth felt a warmth creep up her neck and her face burn as she read it. She saw additional journal entries several months into their relationship. Based on his diary, Jack notated he could tell that something was off with his girlfriend, that Beth was missing a degree of authenticity he longed for. He rightly assumed there was some damage in her past, damage she either wasn't willing or able to talk about. She blinked hard, moisture pooling in the corner of her eyes. The last entry, noticeably different in tone. It read, I've tried, but I can't deal with it anymore. Beth's absent and intolerable. I could deal with whatever demons she has, even share mine, if she just could be more real and share, but she can't. I just can't get close to her. Whatever is under the surface is too big. She shows glimpses of self-awareness, but successfully and inexplicably fights it off. It hurts to say, but it's over. I plan to tell her after I get back from Greenleaf. Beth's hands shook slightly as she read his words. He was a job, supposedly nothing more. However, in playing the part of a girlfriend and lover, feelings seeped out around the edges. Emotions couldn't be fully contained. She thought he was close to asking her to marry him. Not that she would or could have, but on some level, she wanted him to ask, maybe even needed him to ask, if only for some form of self-validation. How could she have gotten it so wrong? Call it ego, call it pride, but have someone lay bare and expose all of your issues with such insight, even if it was only on paper, was devastating to her. Maybe she was too damaged, too ruined for anyone to love her. Sadness is a primary emotion, which leads to secondary emotions like rage quite easily. As she read the last journal entry, her temples began to throb. It read, I have no interest or intention of seeing anyone else. My goal was to split with Beth and take some me time. Maybe I will. Only problem is I met a truly amazing woman today while jogging. Is it fate that leads me to find them at the win? Her name is Serena. I violated my number one rule, taking a commercial flight just to see her again. Ugh, oh, not again, but then again, why not?